You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind-the-scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Okay, guys, welcome to session 16 with Rachel. We had actually planned to do another session pretty close to the time we had done the last one, but we actually went ahead and just moved that one because she was needing a little bit more space. So just wanted to uh, be transparent there and give you that clarity as we are always, always, always wanting to just bring you into the whole process. And I think part of this process is that, you know, as Rachel comes back from maternity leave, I think what it's going to feel like in her business is sometimes like two steps forward and then needing to pull back. And I think that's true with coaching too. And so I feel like my job is to support that and like, you know, hold the space and the boundaries around her continuing to show up, of course, but also not make it feel like it needs to be this sprint, right? But for there to feel like spaciousness within it, which of course is getting back into the business as well. So just want to give you guys context for that and tell you how excited I am for this one. I think that we kind of revisit some of the basics here in terms of, you know, her weekly schedule, how she's doing stories, what her plan is, all of that kind of stuff. But I think it's going to be a really helpful reset, both for Rachel and for everyone listening. So excited for you guys to hear it and let's dive in. How you doing? I'm doing great. I took a big gulp of coffee right before you asked me that. Yeah, of course, right? I'm doing good. Like, tell me all the things while you have coffee in your mouth. Well, coffee is <laughs> essential these days, so. I bet. You bet it would be better if oh it was my an gosh. IV. It, totally, totally. So, um, I think we found a nanny. That's the biggest news. <laughs> that is so exciting. I'm really excited. She came over this morning for like a little test run and um, Zoe really liked her right away, which is really rare for Zoe. Usually she mm. takes a little while to warm up to people. So that was good. And she's going to come back Thursday just to see, cause she sort of did the first half of the day today. And then Thursday she'll do sort of the second half. So she'll get to see what the routine looks like later in the day. And then she officially will start December 1st. So I'm really, really excited and looking forward to having like chunks of time to actually do work again. That is so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So that's like, that's been the biggest for me because I just, I haven't had any time. And I think we had, we had our session on a Saturday and then had one scheduled for like a couple days later. And then I thought, oh, well, we'll just do it on Monday and I'll get so much done before then. <laughs> and that was just not the case at all. I I thought a lot about things, but like actually doing things is hard these days. So I'm excited to have the nanny to like actually have time to sit down and implement. Totally. And I think like, again, it's just like kind of being okay with being in that season, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I think like sometimes we can have like the best of intentions and then life gets in the way. And so I think that's just been like such an important piece for us is just like staying flexible Mm -hmm. to that, right? And not feeling like, oh, well, we had one. Then it has to now be a couple days later and you have to get all this done. Like, I think like 
that reminder that like that's the whole value of having a business is that mm-hmm. you don't have that pressure, I think is just so key. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really is. And I have to remind myself of that often because I'll get into the like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I have to remind myself I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get to set the rules. And not to be a shitty boss to yourself, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, if, you, if you were coming back to work after having a baby and your boss was like, no, you need to get all this stuff done on a Sunday. Why are you not getting it done? What's wrong with you? You'd be like, right. bye. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's so true. So very good. And and that that may even be like a fun, you know, filter to run things through. It's like, if this was like for a job, would I be tolerating this? <laughs> yeah. No, I really love that filter. And I hadn't really thought of that, you know, mm-hmm. it like that. Because, um, yeah, I that's why I'm, I have a business is so that I can set the rules. And, and I like looking at it, like if a boss were treating me this way, I'd probably be miserable and mm-hmm. and feel really bad about my job. So, right. Yeah. Or like be tempted to be like, I'm just going to quit. Right. Right. Exactly. Which I think is what happens in business sometimes is we're like crappy bosses to ourselves. And then we're like, maybe it would just be better if I quit. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. we forget that like, we're the one driving the ship, you know? I really, really loved that question that Rachel and I were playing with, which was if this was for a job, would I tolerate this? Right? Like if this was a boss doing this to me, would that be okay? And, you know, sometimes I think that we leave corporate because we don't like that. We don't like the challenging boss or feeling so much pressure. And then there's some irony in that we become the most challenging boss to ourselves and put on the most amount of pressure. And so I feel like there's just really a beautiful gift to give yourself no matter where you're at in business or what level you're at. Like, am I being a really great boss to myself? If I was doing a job, would I tolerate this level of pressure? (laughs) Would I tolerate this like intensity that I'm expected to work in? Again, like for Rachel, it's like if she was in that and they were expecting her to work this hard right after (laughs) she had a baby, she would probably be like, I'm out, right? And so just seeing it through that lens can be really useful. You know, I think sometimes the thing that we don't want tends to be the thing that we create in our own business if we're not really careful and intentional. So you know, that is just a really good checkpoint to help make sure that's not what's happening there. So I would really challenge you to ask yourself that this week. Like this was for a job. Would I tolerate this? Am I being a really great boss to myself? How can I be a better boss to myself even? And watch what opportunities pop up there because the better of a boss you are to yourself, we know this, the more likely you are to show up. I can think of the great bosses I've had in the past and just how much I wanted to show up for them. And I can think of the really you know, crappy bosses I had and how much that made me want to pull back. So watch that in yourself too and do a little check in there. Exactly. And I mean, even a few weeks ago, like a few sessions ago when I was like, do I have to burn the whole thing down? Like, I think a lot of that was going on, you know, is I was being kind of a crappy boss to myself and thinking like, well, I guess I just got to end it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. You're like, this boss is mean. Forget it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. She's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. So good. Okay. So Nanny's on the horizon like two weeks away. Yes. Yes. So that, that will be great. I, um, 
I need to like create another physical space to work because um, my husband also, I think I mentioned this last time, yeah. but he got hired full time so and good. we're so excited. Today was his first day. And so mm. he's sort of taken over my office. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to make another office upstairs, um, I think. And we have like a spare bedroom and it, I like it better up there anyway. There's more light. Mm. So you know, once I'll have that physical space and I'll be close enough that if they, the nanny needs me, I'll be around, but I have a door I can shut and, and actually get stuff done. So I'm looking forward to that. And also it, it gives me December to really like focus on the course, get everything done that I need to get done, um, so that I can launch it, um, by, I'd really like to have it by the first of the year because I feel like that's really when people are looking to fix, look at their money and, mm-hmm. and fix things and, and set those resolutions and all of that. So I really want to have the course ready by then so that I can, you know, it's ready for those people who need it. So we'll do a wait list for the course before that though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to write the sales page, um, for the course and I'll send you all that copy in Basecamp too. Cause I want cool. you to look at it. So yeah, I'm going to do the wait list first. And then we talked a little bit about, I don't even know if we talk numbers with pricing, but that was one of the things I wanted to talk about today was I, I'm not sure how to price the course. Um, and I'm trying to look, I'm pulling up my other offers, but I've never really, like I've, I've sold courses before, um, but they were probably very underpriced. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, looking at what I charge for one-on-one and for an intensive and then everything that's included with this, this course, it's like a 12 week course. And then we talked about having a couple of things that could be like add-ons. Like if they want to do a one-on-one call with me, that could be like an Mm -hmm. add-on. If they wanted to do an intensive, that could be an add-on. So not sure where to start with pricing for this. Okay. So um, I think like the first thing I would say there is that um, I think that's really wise for you to basically just sell them the course and then sell the add-ons after. I think we already talked Mm -hmm. about that, but just like making sure to reiterate that. Mm -hmm. Um, because I feel like it makes it easy where people aren't having to make multiple decisions. Right. Like, do I want this? And then do I want this, this, or this kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And more like yes or no to the course. And then it'll be like yes or no to a session or whatever. Yeah. I really like that. And I remember even when I did value centered sales, like you offered a one-on-one call like halfway through or something. So it was like a follow-up and it was, it was really good to, to have that option. And it came at a time where it was like, okay, yeah, I, I think that might be really helpful Mm -hmm. now that, you know, I've done a few weeks of this mastermind. So yeah, I like that idea of, of kind of dripping that in as people go through the course. So one thing that I was talking about with Rachel here that I just want to make sure we touch on a bit was that idea of creating like yes or no things within her core sales process as opposed to this, this, or this kind of thing. So 
What I really think is helpful is to present yes or no decisions in your sales process. So like, yes or no, I want this course or not. Then once I'm in it, yes or no, I want this session or yes or no, I want this intensive upgrade or whatever. I think sometimes when we have to make multiple decisions at the beginning, we feel more overwhelmed. Like, okay, well, I think I want the course, but then do I want the upgrade? And what if I can't get the upgrade? Does it even matter? Should I even do the course then? And then what if I do the course and I want it later? I don't think I'll be able to get it later. And it can send your people into this whole unnecessary spiral versus like helping walk them through the process of like, you just need to make this one decision. Like, do you want to be in the course or not? Cool, then you just need to make this one decision. Like, do you want to upgrade in some way or not? And I think that makes it a lot easier for us to sell because we're really just selling that do you want in kind of thing. And then I think it makes it easier for your audience to decide because they're really just making one decision and they're not kind of getting trapped in that decision fatigue. So look at this in your own sales process. This isn't like hard and fast always. I definitely have some clients that have VIP add-ons and things like that. But in general, this is a really important way to look at it. Like, are you helping your audience make really easy decisions or are you putting them in decision fatigue? And that yes or no opportunity is really, really helpful there. So check in on that in your own sales process. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. So then in terms of price point, like I'm thinking, remind me what your intensive is priced at. So my intensive's $4.97. I'm thinking similar for the course. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're getting, they're getting a lot of value, um, with this course. So I feel like, like that feels good. And that feels like, not that I should be comparing myself to other people, but that's sort of what I've seen in the marketplace with other courses. So for sure. And listen, it doesn't mean that you could never like give a discount or whatever, but like, I think like in terms of value for like 12 full weeks of everything you're teaching and stuff, I Mm -hmm. think that that's like the baseline kind of thing. Yeah. Doesn't mean we can't ever like raise that over time, but I think you certainly wouldn't necessarily want to go lower than that for what Mm -hmm. you're kind of offering there. I also think it's important to actually price to the value. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you could easily be like, all right, $99, but that doesn't feel synonymous with what you're delivering. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I agree. I feel like they're getting so much. I think if it was like a shorter class, you know, a like a um, workshop or something totally. that might be a $99 thing, but they're getting so much content here. So, okay. That makes sense. And then I would like really almost like have that in the back of your mind that it's something that you may raise depending on like timeline, feedback, testimonials, interests, et cetera. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might end up, you know, even adding bonus modules onto it, whatever. But like, I think that's like the the baseline starting point. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, as I create even more content, like I can see adding on to the course and then, you know, that would add even more value. And I think another thing to, to add to this too is like, we also don't want to go too, too high though either, because we really Mm -hmm. do want this to be an entry point offer. Yeah. Yeah. That stacks into other things. Like we'd love for them to then buy an intensive or then get into one-on-one. So I really think that's kind of like the perfect middle Mm -hmm. ground where it's not like we're at nine, nine, seven and they're kind of like, well, I can't really do that. And the intent, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's really just like, this is a step into everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And it also opens up space and we can talk about this a little bit more down the road too, but like it opens up space for you to have some small offers too. Mm -hmm. You know, like 
you may do a workshop one time that's 99 or you might, you know, change one of your um, challenges into like a small $29 thing or whatever. So we can put Mm -hmm. some stuff even in front of this too. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've got that content. And so yep. it would be so easy to to do that and, you know, put together a small workshop or put together that like a little mini course or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And since you are going to have the space in December, I think we definitely want to talk about like conversion event kind of situation for January. Do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With excitement or with trepidation? <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> Either is fine. <laughs> no, I agree with excitement and trepidation. That's I think okay. a little bit of both. But yeah, I think that's I think that's doable because you know once once I'll actually have the time, like once December is here and the nanny is here, I think I'm going to be like, okay, this is real again. <laughs> yeah, I think part of me is like, what's well, let's just get to December 1st. But yeah, I, I like that idea. <laughs> Definitely. And like, you know, for for permission there, you don't even have to decide what it is yet or start planning it or anything, but just kind of like having a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Of like, okay, like realistically in January, I'd love to do something that leads people into this kind of thing without it having to feel like a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know I could do a challenge. Um I might want to do, I don't know, because I'm not really, I have a Facebook page, but like, I don't know if a Facebook live, because I don't really go live consistently on Facebook right now, but I don't know if that would be something to consider um, or doing like a free little webinar thing. I feel like there are a lot of options. I really like the idea of you doing um, maybe more of the like, master class I'm, I'm using mm-hmm. the quotations because who the fuck cares what we call it, but like master yeah. class kind of situation mm-hmm. yeah the reason I like that is because I think that's a little bit easier for you mm-hmm. in terms of planning to have it done just once sort of thing right yeah mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit easier in terms of people being able to watch the replay mm-hmm. like having it sent out yeah. Um, and then I think it's maybe a little safer for people to ask financial questions on something like that, as opposed to maybe like on Facebook where people can, can see their comments, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I would like something where people can register. I feel like with on Facebook live, unless there's some techie thing that I don't know about yet, but you know, you're just sort of at, at the whim of who shows up to mm-hmm. watch it and then you post a link to the replay. Like I'd like to actually capture some information on, on who's attending or who's, you know, downloading the replay and stuff like that. You can certainly like have people have to register to find out about the Facebook live. So that, I mean, like, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. a possibility kind of thing, but I do mm-hmm. think like the, the fit here is maybe just better in general. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're not having to like you know, if you're mostly on Instagram, they're not having to jump to Facebook or vice versa. It's just like, come yeah. on, Zoom at this time sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I agree about the questions. I feel like people are, are, you know, it's such a hard topic to talk about anyway. Some folks might want not want their question, like, so uh, attached to their name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they want to be able to ask something anonymously, so. Totally. 
Okay, cool. So yeah, I would say let's plan on that. And I think you could do something that leads into the course, you know, maybe it's just about like, maybe it's even like the opposite, almost like the five biggest mistakes people make in managing their money Mm -hmm. or something along those lines that helps them see like, what are they doing wrong? And then like, what can the course help them do to solve it? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. I like framing it up like that. And then that's sort of what they're thinking about in January anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I I think sometimes the mistake thing is really helpful because it helps people see like, oh, this is where I'm like missing something Mm -hmm. or where I'm getting it wrong versus like sometimes like we don't even see our own gaps. So I think sometimes that's a really helpful start. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So for like the course, you're teaching, you know, hold on, I have it up right here. You're teaching like having a clear money picture, like looking mm-hmm. at your your stories, like what are your rituals? How are you spending with intention? So you might just make those the things. Like mm-hmm. what do people mess up? Like they just don't have a clear picture of their money. Like they've never looked at past stories. They have a weird thing about budgeting. They don't um, know how to build wealth, like all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes it like looking at that, that just makes it feel so easy to put together too. Like I've got the content there. It's just, it's just framing it up in a way, you know, in this frame. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and showing them too, like, well, like, here's how we can solve all of that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Um, and that, let me write this down. I like this. Okay. That can become like an opt-in that you just use, period. Mm-hmm. So you could always like cut off the Q&A section or whatever or keep it if it's like really relevant. But basically like that becomes just your opt-in. I love that. Yeah. And so then it, we can lead them to a funnel to the course. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfect because that way all of this is – to be double used, which is something you and I have talked about so, so, so much is like mm-hmm. only spending your time on stuff that gets used more than once, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so yes. this is that like, okay, great. It's going to be a master class. It's going to lead off the, this course, but then it's going to turn into an opt-in that lives on and on and on. So you guys have heard me talk about this forever. I've talked about it in probably with everyone that's done literally and definitely with Rachel quite a few times, but I really want to reiterate it here because I feel like we just need to keep getting that permission for it, which is never do something that only goes one place, right? So that idea of her doing the masterclass and then turning it into an opt-in is really important because she needs to be leveraging her time, right? We all do in business, even if you have a lot more time than Rachel, like we are making money off of our time effectively, even if you're not charging, you know, dollar for hour, like your time is still making you money. And so being really intentional about making sure that everything that you do has multiple purposes is so important. So in this case, that masterclass is great. It's a good use of her time, but it's a way better use of her time if she's also going to make that an opt-in. If she's also going to get multiple chances for people to see that, rewatch it, all of that kind of stuff. And so anytime you're thinking about running an event, doing a thing, creating an opt-in, all of that kind of stuff, just making sure like you're asking yourself, 
where else can we use this? What else can I do it for? Like maybe you're thinking, well, I'm gonna make this opt-in. Then can you ask yourself, well, could I start it as a live event? Cool, or maybe vice versa, I'm gonna do this live event. Well, could I turn it into an opt-in or paid product? Like maybe I'm gonna write this one piece of content for my blog, great. Can it go on Instagram into multiple posts? Like all of that kind of stuff is such an important question to be asking yourself because if not, you are gonna feel overwhelmed all the time. Like then Rachel would feel like, well, now I have to create an opt-in for the course, plus I have to create this masterclass, plus, 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 right? Instead of I have one thing to focus on and that's gonna check multiple boxes on my list. That is really, really important in business, especially when you're time strapped, but definitely always. So look at that in the next thing you're planning and ask yourself, how can I make sure I can use this multiple places? How can I get multiple uses out of this to leverage my time and in putting into it? So ask yourself that question. I think you'll probably find that there are a ton of ways you can use other things and it will be very freeing to see that the effort getting put in can get used in multiple ways all about repurposing. Exactly. Okay, cool. Um, tell me what else comes up for you there. Does that feel pretty easy or what feels like a question mark? No, that feels really easy. I think, you know, for me, it's getting, getting a sales page up for it. And I mean, like getting real technical, I just have a Squarespace page right now. I mean, I guess it's kind of a mess, actually. I've got Squarespace and a WordPress site <laughs> right now. The blog's on WordPress, and then my overall like sales page for coaching is on on WordPress or on Squarespace. So okay, um, I don't really know if one's better than the other, or do I need like a lead pages, or is that just getting too ridiculous? Like I don't know what's the best and easiest way. I mean, I can make a web page super easy on either one of those platforms. Um, totally fine. As long as it links up to add them to the email list, I definitely wouldn't get okay. anything separate. Okay, great. Okay. Like, keep keep it simple right now. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Good. As long as they can just hit, <laughs> you know, whatever. Sign me up for the wait list and they yeah, get yeah. added. That's all we need. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. And I'm going to do something about the two different websites right now. Um, what Does happens? Not like priority number one. <laughs> right. Not priority number one. I put it, I put an investment into the Squarespace site and I really love how it looks and I love the work that the woman I hired did for me. Um, but then I, I started the blog and I was going to monetize it and yeah. WordPress mm -hmm. was a better platform for that. And so, but I didn't want to. I wasn't ready yet to put the money into WordPress. So I just have to make the decision on if I want to keep WordPress or just move everything back to Squarespace. So, yeah. Um, cause I, I felt sick that I, that I invested in the Squarespace site and I love it. And then, you know, I have sort of these two, two weird, not weird, but two. <laughs> <laughs> websites out there. Um, one with my name and one with this full budget. And I kind of want everything consolidated again. I think my own brain will feel better <laughs> with everything in one place too. So totally. I mean, I'll tell you personally, I have WordPress mm -hmm. and I really like a lot of its functionality and all of that kind of stuff. But I also know that it's a lot harder. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
to do my own stuff on. Like I need someone like with a little bit higher of a skill set where we have Squarespace for happy thoughts and that's just so much easier in such a different mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there are, there are downfalls to Squarespace too. Like it's a lot more static. It's a little bit harder to um, do certain things that you want to do. So it's really just a trade-off. But I think like the biggest thing that I would say for you is like, we just really want you to do the simplest thing for right now. And I mm-hmm. think like Squarespace is probably that for you right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's easy for me to do it. Like I had the designer make it look pretty and then I can still go in and update copy really easily. And mm-hmm. so what I may just have happen is have the VA like help bring over the blog back to Squarespace. Cause I'm not really doing any work on that right now to monetize it and, it's just like, I can't even go there thinking about that side of things yet. And um, so I think it'll be easier to consolidate everything back onto Squarespace. And I've already put the investment into Squarespace. Yeah, so totally. And then that's also like two more expenses for the business that I can say goodbye to, which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So financially, it makes sense too. I think that's just like so good to keep. Like, I think that that's just been just such your lesson this year is to just keep giving yourself permission to not mm-hmm. do it all or um, hold yourself accountable to that. Yeah. Right. So it's like that might have been a good idea at the time. It might just not feel right now. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's, I think it was hard because I was like, before we started working together, I was very gung ho about like, okay, I'm going to create this blog and it's going to generate income. And, mm-hmm. You know, but then we've talked about content and how challenging it can be to create new content with two little ones. And <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, you know, it's been something that, like, I've definitely given myself grace with that one too of like, it's okay and it's there. Like, if I ever do want to turn it into something, I can. But right now, I just need to keep things as simple as possible in the business and, and focus on what matters. So. Totally. And I think with, with blog monetization, you're just playing a lot more of a long-term game, which isn't necessarily bad, but I think it's just not what you're envisioning right now. Mm -mm. No, not, not right now. Definitely. Okay, cool. So I will give you a to-do for that. And then you'll have one last thing on your plate. (laughs) Yay. Yep. Okay. So another question that you had in our questionnaire was, is it even possible to run a business on 15 hours a week? So tell me about that. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's about what I'll have with the nanny because she's going to come three days a week for five, three, yeah, three days a week for five hours a day. Okay. Um, so, but I'll also have some PR work coming back in um, starting in December too. So, yeah, it's like, I think before I had, I mean, I think I was already doing it. I think I just get scared because, like, I'll have 15 hours a week for everything. I don't want to get in the situation I was in when we first started working together where PR was just, like, taking over everything to the point where it was making it hard to even touch Blissful Budget. Mm-hmm. So I think part of me is a little nervous about that, although I'm coming at it with with clear eyes and, and it's been nice to take a break because it's not like I'm jumping back into exactly everything that I was doing before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just like, 
I think, you know, coming from the corporate world of 40 hour work weeks and Mm -hmm. even working for the past few years for myself, where I've been really doing like more like 25 hours a week, it's just, it feels like that's so little time. But I mean, I know I also have help this time too with the VA and, and if we grow, then I can hire other people too to, to help out. It's just like, it just seems like such a, such a small amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a couple of things. One is, um, I feel like an, an actually really good example of sort of like, um, the, the blog piece, but I think that honestly, it's like the simplest things. I think that where we get tripped up on 15 hours is that it seems like, oh, but like, there's so many things I want to do and get done. Mm -hmm. And like that, I would love to add and whatever that even when you have like that half hour of time to work on your business, it almost seems pointless because the, you know, to-do list that you've put on yourself is so intense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So (laughs) 15 hours, absolutely. I mean, I I absolutely have clients that work 15 hours a week and it works, but I think it's, it requires so much of that doing the same thing over and over and intentionality mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. the like, so it is like when you have 30 minutes, you do something and you know what to do mm-hmm. versus yeah. like when you have 30 minutes, it almost feels like what even <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I do in this time, because I have all of these big things. Like I should be blogging. I should be paying attention to my WordPress site. I should be creating content. I should like, do you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, I really, I know for sure it's possible, but I also know that like the, the mind fuck of that is real. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like if I, I'm really good at making lists. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And so, you know, I think it. I think I'm going to have to be really intentional with my time and really intentional with like, okay, these are my five hours to get work done and, and know that like, that's what that time is for. And, and mostly do the same thing over and over again in those five yeah. hours. Like, I really that's think good. that that's the difference maker because again, I'm just picking on the blog thing. It's not that, but it's like, mm-hmm. you can be like, well, this week I should really move that WordPress site. And then next week I should really work on some more stuff for the course. And then the week after that, I should really blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, nothing's getting done consistently mm-hmm. and repetitively enough to create big results. Right. Versus like here are the, I'm just making this up, but we can talk about what they are. But like here are the handful of things that I do no matter what. And then projects either get delegated out or they slide in behind that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh, and I feel like we've done a good job of sort of weeding out, <laughs> like the blog, like mm-hmm. weeding out what, what can does not need to be getting done right now. And then like, I know the things that I do need to be doing, um, every day or, you know, like writing content or repurposing content and, Mm -hmm. and delegating that when needed. Um, you know, working on the course obviously will be a big priority in December, but, but really I think content generation is going to be big too. So, and really finding the way to get almost like, I feel like everyone's going to hate this. You included, I'm teasing a little bit, but like Mm -hmm. almost like rigid about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
um, where like you're so like literally I have an hour that I'm working on course content this week. And so I'm getting done what I need to get done in that time and being kind of rigid with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's where 15 hours can get dicey is yeah. that <laughs> you're like, okay, I'll just work on course content for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it took up 10 hours of your week, like re-recording stuff and right, right. You know, overthinking it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh my God, it takes up all my time to record this course. How will I ever? Right, right. Sell versus like I, I physically set a timer and I make myself get up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And go do the other thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that does. And I feel like, you know, I've always been pretty good at, at like, the calendar and if it's in the calendar, it'll get done. And so I really think it's going to be like blocking out, okay, this hour, the first yep. hour of the day is for this. The second hour is for this. And, you know, really scheduling it in almost like, <laughs> like school, you know, <laughs> first periods for this. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I really feel like, especially again with like the, the limited hours, what I see that's frustrating as an entrepreneur, but also essential is mm-hmm. being able to do multiple tasks in the same day, almost instead of that whole, like, I'm all in on this thing and then I'll get right. to the other stuff, but more like, okay, the course got 20 minutes of my time, content got 20 minutes of my time. And then I was on a client call for an hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, always ideal, but I think it makes a really big difference when you feel like you can move multiple things forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Versus like, if it feels like, oh gosh, like I don't even get around to content until whatever, two weeks from now, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's an easy place to get stuck of like, oh, I've just got to get the course done. Whereas if I'm just spending an hour on it a day, I'll probably end up getting more done (laughs) because I'll know I need to use that hour wisely. You literally just hit the nail on the head. Like that's it because you can rabbit hole that and you're like, okay, I can't come up for air until I get the course done. And then you get the course done and you're like, oh, oh yeah, I was supposed to promote a wait list for that. And now I don't have Mm -hmm. that. Or you go all in on the wait list and then you get super, super anxious when the course is about to start. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Cause you're like, Oh my God, I have, so you can just tunnel vision it too much. And so with Mm -hmm. that limited time, you just almost need those, like moving this forward an inch today. I'm moving this piece forward an inch today, that kind of thing. One thing that I'm really trying to stress with Rachel that I think is so important for all of us is this idea of that we can move multiple things forward one inch, so to speak, versus having to see everything through to completion one at a time, right? So again, the idea of like the course getting built, like if she tries to spend all her time in her business doing that until it's done, then she's got to go spend all her time trying to build the audience up until that's ready. And then everything takes longer and gets pushed out versus if I can make an inch of progress every day or every week on the course and also make an inch of progress every day or every week on getting people on that wait list, I'm really driving the bus so much faster 
Then if I have to complete the whole course, then go through the whole audience build, then go back to whatever website project I have, then, then, then. Especially as your business grows, that skill of being able to move multiple things forward at the same time, building the course while promoting it, while putting out content, while serving your clients kind of stuff is really, really valuable. Now, I don't mean this in terms of like throw spaghetti at the wall and try to like do everything, but I do mean there are multiple moving parts in your business a lot of the times, even when you're really focused on one strategy and being able to move each of those forward really consistently matters a ton in your overall results, right? So look at that in your own business. Where are you telling yourself a story that you have to see these big projects through to completion before you can get onto something else. Like I even see people do that with content. It's like, oh, I need to like plan out all my content for the rest of the year before I can start putting it out. And it's like, well, what if you were putting it out and putting a little time into planning each week, you would be moving forward so much faster, right? So permission to do that, permission to make those one inch movements on a few things instead of having to have these huge chunks of time to finish one project. And again, that is what will help you grow. And it's what's required when you're further along in your business, right? Like that is a necessity basically in order to keep running and keep, you know, moving forward. You're not going to have a week to just go deep into building out a course. You're going to have to be serving your clients and showing up online and all of those other things too. So keep that in mind and give yourself permission to just make those one inch movements. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I was even kind of getting nervous of like, oh God, what if, what if I do all this work to promote it, but it's not done yet? <laughs> like, oh, well, if I'm, if I'm doing the work, you know, a little bit every day, it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when I, you know, it's when I get in that rabbit hole of like, oh God, I've got to just work and work and work till it gets done. It actually feels harder than if I'm like, okay, this 20 minutes a day is, is to work on getting a little closer to getting the course yeah. done. And again, to your point, the irony is it will get done so much faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then, then what we tend to do, which is like wait for these big chunks of time and then go all in. But like with being a mom to two little littles, that's probably just mm-hmm. not going to happen. <laughs> no. You're not going to have just like three hours of time hanging out. Mm-mm. No. Not at all. And, you know, there's two days of the week that the nanny won't be there. So it's like those are really the days that, like, I may get 20 minutes here and there (laughs) while while one of the kids is sleeping or both of them. And I know we talked about this before, but I just – I, like, feel really compelled to revisit again really quickly. Mm -hmm. And you tell me how you feel about this. But Mm -hmm. I really feel like you can almost turn that into your magic a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, I personally think like people would be even more connected if you were like doing it while you had a baby on you yeah, <laughs> or yeah. content or Insta stories or, you know, mm-hmm. while, um, your two year olds like running around in the background or yeah. because it's like, it's like, that's sort of your brand is like real advice from like a real mom who like does this for her family, who mm-hmm. thinks about money in a certain way, who has taught herself. Like, so I feel like some of it's also figuring out how do I incorporate it into my life a little bit too, so that it doesn't feel like this separate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that. I think that's been a challenge for me because, you know, it's like shedding the, the corporate 
Rachel that's mm-hmm. like so used to keeping work and home separate yeah. from each other. And like, I think a lot of us too, even just during this whole pandemic, like kids have been in the backgrounds of a lot of, yeah. a lot of client calls <laughs> just because that's what life is for a lot of us right now. And it's totally. kind of re- refreshing. It's like, oh, they are going through the exact same things I am. So yeah. I like, mm-hmm. I really like that idea. And I think I did a stories a couple of months ago while my daughter was watching Daniel Tiger. And I actually <laughs> got a comment like, oh, my daughter loves that show too. <laughs> so right. you know, it con- connects with people, which, which I have to keep reminding myself that like, that's okay. And that people want to see a real person. Yeah. Well, I think that's like literally your brand promise Mm -hmm. almost, right? Is like, (laughs) I'm not like someone who has like taken 53,000 courses on this. Like I'm literally just someone that's like taught myself and learned it for my family and learned it the hard way sometimes and and all of that. And so the more you can kind of showcase that, I feel like the more permission someone has to hire you versus like you're always showing up in such a – you know, whatever, meticulous way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. almost too easy to be like, yeah, but like she doesn't get what's going on for me, right? Okay, so you heard Rachel and I talk a lot about doing stories with her kids and why that is so connective with her audience and gives her so much more freedom. And so what I really want to share with you guys isn't so much that like you have to do stories with your kids, although you totally can, but it's like you have to find a way to incorporate those things into your life in a way that's like doable and easy and makes sense right? That's like the whole value of having these businesses that we can run in more flexible ways is finding ways to incorporate those things into our lives so that it feels easy. Again, it's sort of that like if we're rebuilding the job, what's the point of leaving the job, right? So the point of leaving the job for Rachel is so she can be with her kids more. So how can she build this in so that she can just like flip open the app, you know, while they're running around and have that be okay, right? For you, that might mean any version of things. For me, it looks like working on my business while I'm sitting on my couch watching Hallmark movies so I don't feel like trapped in my office or something. Like It can be the littlest things, but finding ways to incorporate your business so that it feels like you have freedom, so that the things you need to get done weave into other things that are important to you is such a freaking gift, right? So finding those ways where like everything doesn't have to happen in the office with the door closed is so cool in your business. So again, for me, that might be like doing work on the couch with a Hallmark movie or like it might be sending bonjouros. You guys know I love those videos, right? On a walk with my dogs or talking content into my phone while I'm walking or whatever. It's just finding that overlap where I can still do things I really love and incorporate the business in. And so just permission to do that. Again, whether it's stories with your kids or something totally different for you, that ability to get things done in a way that traditional jobs don't allow for is really a game changer and such a value out of entrepreneurship. So letting yourself lean into that is super important. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I I totally agree. And I think, you know, we talked about this, I think, in one of our first sessions, how I was worried, like, I needed to show up looking a certain way, like, <laughs> I, yeah, with, like, makeup know. and whatever. Right, yeah. right. It's like, I'm a mom of two kids. I've got, you know, I'm in yoga pants right now, and I've got spit up on my shirt. Like, <laughs> that's, yep. that's what life is right now. And I usually have a baby on me. So, 
you know, but that's what life is like for a lot of moms right totally. now. And they're trying to juggle it all and, a, and juggle work and figure out their finances for their family. So, and, and maybe even more importantly than that too, although a hundred percent, I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. It's like, it helps you so that when you do have that contained, <laughs> let's say work mm-hmm. time, that is when you can do some of that higher level stuff versus if you have to do stories in that time too. Right, right. Or whatever. You know, like it, that time starts to feel more and more crunch. But if you're like, oh, that's the thing I do like when she's watching Daniel Tiger mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it like ke- takes the pressure down a bit, I think. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel so like, oh my gosh, I have this little itty bit of space to get all of this done. It's like, well, that I can do at this time. This time is for whatever, like recording course modules or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I like that a lot. And because, yeah, I think I'm just going to need to be really efficient with those that time that I have to work and and taking that up like stories are need to get done. But they can they're also so easy to do when she is watching Daniel Tiger or when I'm cooking dinner, you know, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. something that I can just pick up the phone and do where, you know, stuff that I actually need to be on the computer at my desk, um, needs to get done. (laughs) So, right. Like you're not going to record a course module while you're cooking dinner necessarily. And that's totally Mm -hmm. fine. But I think what it is, is like giving yourself the space to see how it can fit in versus like it feeling like it can't, which seems weird because I also use the term rigid, <laughs> but it's like rigid with the time that needs to be protected and then flexible outside of that, right? Yeah. 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 I like that. And I think, you know, giving myself the permission to do the stories, you know, when real life is happening outside of that, that time, more rigid time feels really freeing too. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I really think it would just be so connective to your audience too. So it's like, you know, a double whammy because it serves you and it serves them. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Definitely. Okay, cool. So do you feel like it would be helpful if we kind of went through like, what are some of those top things or what comes up for you there? Yeah, I think it would be helpful. Definitely. I mean, I think writing is probably like not necessarily stories, but kind of the bigger mm-hmm. content mm-hmm. writing would be helpful to do in that time just because I do need quiet, sit yeah. down, <laughs> knock that out. Totally. So let me just um, – you want to do 15 hours or you want to do like 10 hours so you have some other space in there? Let's do 10. Yeah. Okay, so – Let's say we give an hour to content writing. Does that seem mm-hmm. fair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we give an hour to like course content. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we give – your VA is going to do engagement for you, but like, you know, say you want to stay a little bit engaged. Maybe we give even just like an hour a week. So maybe mm-hmm. it's like 10 minutes a day or something like that that you go yeah. in and do a little yourself, right? Perfect. Yeah. And honestly, we could probably even even not worry about that so much because that could also be something you do while you're cooking dinner or whatever. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of this, let's give you that time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's three. And then let's say we do an hour for like a project. Mm -hmm. 
So whatever that might be, like if you're migrating the site, if you're whatever, right? And then what's super interesting to see about that is you still have six hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, you know what I mean? If you're like, on Mondays, I write content for an hour. On Tuesdays, I do the course for an hour. On Wednesdays, you know, I do a project for an hour. Every one of those days, I engage for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's really moving the damn needle. Yeah. That's cool. Like, you could <laughs> take three private clients then even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not that you have to, but, like, no, interesting. That's, that's good to see. Yeah. Because that was the other thing. I'm like, how am I going to start fitting clients into all of this when I'm ready? (laughs) And for fun, let's even say an hour of stories. And maybe you do Mm -hmm. some without the kids and some with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're still at five. And you're knocking out engagement, projects, stories, content, all of it. Mm -hmm. What you thinking? That sounds sounds doable. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a business. (laughs) You know what also comes up for me there too? This is like not to push you at all. So don't feel like you have to, but like you could easily add something onto that, right? Like you could add like, okay, so then I'm going to like also spend an hour like pitching myself to podcasts or having my own podcast or doing a Facebook live once a week or do like, do you know what I mean? Like you can see how that, or you can of course replace it with a client, but you see how that can open up a lot of space when you look at it like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, I've had ideas for bigger things like a podcast that I've wanted to do down the road. You probably hear the baby crying in the background. My husband's with him. He's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, and I've thought like, well, how am I ever going to have the time to do something like that? But when we break it down like this, it's like, oh, the time is there if I want to tackle something like Well, and that's why that term rigid is relevant here because the time is there if I really do keep content writing to an hour, if I really do mm-hmm. keep the course content to an hour, if I really do keep projects to an hour, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And that's where it gets hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's so cool to see like, okay, this is really, really possible as long as I'm, you know, super on top of those boundaries. Yeah. 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 That feels really good and that, like, that makes it all seem so doable. <laughs> So yeah, it feels good. Okay. So what I'm going to do is say two hours to like private clients just for fun. And then maybe like one hour to like discovery calls and follow-ups. Sounds good. Right. Cause they won't be a full. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You still have two hours. So two hours might be like, okay, what I want to fill that in with something else. Okay, so y'all heard us lay out Rachel's weekly schedule and really see how flexible that was, right? And how doable is maybe a better word. It's really the ability to consistently do a couple things that really matter, like building those relationships, creating the content, moving the course forward, things like that, and seeing how if I did all of that week over week over week, oh my gosh, in eight weeks, the entire course would be built. In you know, eight weeks, I would have you know, tons and tons of content created. If I had eight weeks on a project, like, oh my gosh, I would maybe have like two funnels done, whatever, right? And that's so valuable versus thinking, oh my God, how am I going to build a funnel this week? Oh my God, how am I going to finish the course this week? 
that's where we get overwhelmed. If you can do the same replicable tasks week over week and have space for those, it is wild what you can accomplish in your business. Like I promise you that is the game changer. It's when you can get really locked in on doing the same things enough that they become habit. Like for me, I've been posting in my Facebook group every day for five years. (laughs) It is such a habitual task and it has become such a leverage task too, right? Because I've been doing that for so long. That Facebook group has given me so much back. It funnels me so many clients. It does so much for my business, right? And now it is so easy to maintain because that is such a habit for me to show up in, right? But it's taken time. It's taken habit. It's taken getting there for sure. But it's because I did it every day for such a long time that there's so much ease to it now content is the same. been doing that for so long. There is just such an incredible amount of ease to it. And the compound effect of that over time is so tremendous. So if you're short on time, like feel free to still reach all schedule or just feel free to figure out what replicable tasks you need to do that will have that big compound effect over time. So you can focus on those every week instead of redeciding every week what to use your time for, because that's when it gets so dicey in my opinion. Now, (laughs) Edge is going to be not filling it in with (laughs) PR. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So Mm -hmm. tell me, does that feel different? Like I know part of when you were really, really pushing around that was also when like the job situation for your husband was unclear, all of that kind of stuff. So like that might feel very different now, but like what boundaries do you feel like you need to have in place for yourself there? Um, I think just not getting into that like need to fill the time with PR out of, out of fear, I guess. Yeah. Cause you know, before I was also like trying to build up a maternity leave fund too, so that I could this take the past true. few months off. And so we don't have that now. My husband's got a job. We have health benefits. Like we're in such a different place now where, you know, I know what I need to be making on the PR side and just like being comfortable with that and not like knowing that I don't need to push myself really hard in PR because mm-hmm. I also want to be able, I want to have this time protected for blissful budget so I can actually start, you know, moving things forward mm-hmm. at a little bit faster pace. So. I love that perspective. I think that's so beautiful to keep reminding yourself that of like, I had a really good reason before and that reason is gone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Or I had multiple good reasons before and those reasons are gone. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause that really helps you keep the perspective there a little bit. And I think it also is really cool because it's shows the value of your work, which is like, you are so clear on your numbers that you know exactly what has to happen there. And so you have a no point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like you very clearly have a no point because it's Mm -hmm. like, well, okay, that would be over it. That's my no point. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's so helpful to have that. And, you know, I know that I'll get asked like, oh, there's this project. Do you want to take this on? And do you want to take this on? And Mm -hmm. before I was just saying yes to everything. And and now I really do have that reason to say no, thanks. Okay. So. I'm about to ask you if you're going to make a deal with me here. Okay. <laughs> if it's over the amount that you want or that you need to be making to to feel really comfortable, or can we make a deal that you're going to say no, even if it seems like a good idea? Yes. Yes. We're we can make virtually that. shaking. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
that is such a cool gift to give yourself, right? Is to just be like anything over X is no. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it removes all the decision fatigue and all the intensity in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so So true. in the moment where you're like, oh, God, should I? You're like, oh, fuck. I actually shook on that with Lacey because no. <laughs> yeah. I know it's above my point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up? Or are you like, yeah, that feels good? <laughs> a little bit of both, honestly. <laughs> like it's exciting, but it there's the part of me that's like so used to just taking it, saying yes. and But I don't want to do that anymore because I really, I want to have this time so that I can, I can move the business because that was sort of always what was holding things, yeah. things back too, is I was just like so swamped with. PR, it was creeping into any time I had. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the interesting thing is there too is that it almost was like the short term reward of that was more important before. Mm-hmm. And now that like Toby's here, yeah. all of that's changed. Like, it's like actually the long term is the only thing that matters now. Yeah, that's so true. So it really helps you like reframe the decision where like before it was worth saying yes to that because you were building up the maternity leave fund and like the job was uncertain. And so that felt like this is the most reasonable thing I can be doing. And now it's like, well, Mm -hmm. actually the most reasonable thing I can be doing is finding a way to like be home and be Mm -hmm. more flexible long term. So I think that just helps reframe it quite a bit, you know? Okay, so I really love this deal Rachel and I made about her not going past the point of what she needs. And the reason I really wanted her to make this is because number one, I think it's super important to just have the permission to do that. I think that I have said this to so many clients over the years, but one of the biggest factors in your own ability to grow is also your ability to say no to money. Because sometimes, saying no to money is absolutely what is required in order to go to the next level somewhere else, right? And so cultivating that skill where it's just not like, well, I always say yes because it's money, but like I always say yes based on the long-term vision, even if sometimes I have to say no to money is such an important skill. It's an important skill at the beginning of your business. And it's especially an important skill much later on in your business. Like it is not talked about enough, but it is wildly important. But if Rachel can trust herself to say no there so she can say yes somewhere else that is more aligned with her long-term vision, she will be so happy with herself down the road versus the short-term yes brings you the money, but sometimes it takes you further away from your vision. So just know like if you're struggling with that in your own business too, it really is okay to say no sometimes in favor of a more important yes somewhere else. And so having that deal and that permission is just going to be really, really valuable. Yeah, it definitely does. And like, it's the whole, you know, whole point of why I started my own business and, and businesses was mm-hmm. to really have, have the time to be home and be present with the kids. And, and that is the long term of like wanting to be able to drop PR at some point and, and have blissful budget be something that fully supports, you know, me and maybe someday us. <laughs> and, so, you know, I think it is going back to that long-term goal that we talked about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And giving yourself grace that you had to deviate from it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, it made sense why I was saying yes when I was, and now it makes sense to say no when I can. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. 
you're like a very reasonable person. Who knew? Thank you. Who knew? Right? Like you can really (laughs) trust yourself and you make really good decisions. I do. (laughs) Feels good to just own that, right? It does. It definitely does. I think, you know, like our tendency is to just think we're always fucking it up, right? And I think like, it's just so good to be like, actually, like I really have just made the right decision a lot and I'll just do it again. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I said to my husband last night, like picking a nanny just seemed like such a grown up decision. And am I, I'm like, am I really qualified to make this decision for our family? <laughs> totally. <laughs> He's like, of course you are. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. You totally are. Oh. So beautiful. I'm so proud of you. It feels like Thank you. you really Like, it feels like you're almost like, I don't know if this is the right word, but like, you're kind of like, just have renewed perspective or whatever. That's so hard to have Mm -hmm. when you're so pregnant and so Uh in pain and so in it, you know, and so so postpartum and all of that. Like, I think Mm -hmm. you're just like, okay, like, I I really can see how this is for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it feels really good. Amazing. All right. So proud of you. Keep me posted. Send me the waitlist page and we'll go from there. That sounds good. Beautiful. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.